0: Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, uh, that you're good uh, and new work in the midst of our foibles, and we pray that um, tonight you'll speak clearly to us, you'll offer us encouragement and strength uh, through your perfect and pure word. Amen. All right. So I just want to give you a heads up before we start that I'm going to use the word anxious and worry and stress quite a lot in this sermon. You probably uh, saw it in the Bible verse before. Uh, and, and what, what we uh, as staff at NBC want to, want to acknowledge is that we understand there's two ways of thinking about anxiety. Uh, The first is like just a general feeling of worry or stress about your current situation in the future, right? Just that general sense of hurry and worry and stress uh, that we all experience at times, and 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 this is is the anxiety and stress and worry I'm referring to this evening, right? Uh, I do recognise, however, that there is there's another level of anxiety uh, that's beyond just that day to day. Uh, stress and worry that we experience like clinically diagnosed anxiety and things along those lines are a huge issue to many people many people close to us and and it may even be you and and i just want to make it clear from the outset that what i'm saying tonight about prayer replacing worry and anxiety in your life isn't some sort of quick fix i'm not saying that if, if you suffer from anxiety just pray and you're sweet right That's not what Paul's saying. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, That's not what we promote or encourage here at NBC. We believe that prayer is helpful and effective with mental health, but we also believe in the God-given power of uh, our healthcare system and the uh, mental health clinicians we have in our area. And so we want to encourage you as a church that if your stress and anxiety is beyond something that's just the normal day-to-day stuff, something that's making you feel physically sick, something that's making you afraid of yourself or your surroundings or, or life... Uh, then please go see a GP and they'll plug you in with some people who will help you uh, under, under Medicare and you'll be taken care of. And please know that we as a church will walk alongside you. Uh, so please come to us for prayer and encouragement. Uh, and continue to pray because we believe that prayer is is powerful and useful alongside many of the other things God has blessed us with. So I wanted to get that clear at the beginning right before. I don't want anyone walking out of here with with, with wrong ideas, right? Cool. So, worry, anxiety, stress. Uh, who here? Who here is worried before? You can put your hand up. Yeah. Cool. You didn't have to. I already knew that you have. Um, we do, right? It's just part of everyday life. And and statistics are showing that worry is increasing, right, amongst people, especially amongst people in younger generations. Uh, worry and anxiety are at at, at high high levels, uh, higher levels than ever before in some cases. Uh, and it, and it's that's quite worrying, right? I don't know if you ever get caught in that cycle when you're worrying and then you realise you're not really worrying about anything in particular, then you worry about the fact that you're worrying too much. And it's, it's an onward cycle. Um, ABC recently um, it, uh, did, did a big survey of uh, tens of thousands of people in Australia and asked what they worried about. Uh, probably not surprisingly, 72% of respondents said their biggest worry was climate change and the future of the planet because of that. Uh, but then 45% uh, live in fear of not being able to afford a home one day. Uh, if it was just a survey of the northern beaches, you'd probably double that, I reckon. Um, uh, and so these are some of the things we generally worry about in life. But, but things sort of ramp up at Christmas time, which, sort of, which, which sort of is poignant because this is a Christmas series, right? Prepare him room. Uh, Christmas is. Statistically meant to be one of the most worrying and stressful times of people's lives, right? It's probably because you have to hang out with your family. Uh, it's also probably because you have to spend a lot of money on, on junk that people don't really care about and don't really need and, and you just exchange presents that you told him to buy you and I could have just bought that for myself mate, thanks. And you spend hours at shopping centres where everyone's stressed and horns are beeping and people take your car th- spot, and then you have to go and slash their tires, you know, just the normal (laughs) stuff, and like, it just just gets to this point where your head's spinning, and you just, everything's out of control, right, Christmas, Christmas, as as beautiful as it should be, uh, can become very stress-inducing, and so where do we turn in times of stress, Um, or worry, or anxiety, and last night, I was listening to some reggae, you can probably tell by looking at me that I'm I'm a big fan of the reggae, and... um, (laughs) Uh, Bob, Marley, Bob Marley's song, uh, Three Little Birds, right? Does anyone know how that song goes? Yeah, it's a good song, hey? Uh, Don't worry about a thing. I'm like, well, that's good advice, Bob. Thank you. Why should I not worry about a thing? Well, because every little thing is going to be all right. Whew. Thanks, Bob. Um, I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up for me. But then I, then I think about where do you get your information from? Bob, because that's a big call to say that every little thing is going to be all right. And you listen to the lyrics of the rest of the song, and he says that he woke up in the morning, smiled at the rising sun, that's good, I'm glad he has a positive outlook on life. Then he saw three little birds by his doorstep who whispered to him in sweet songs, this is my message to you, don't worry about a thing, Bob, every little thing is going to be all right. Now, I think we all know uh, where Bob gets ideas from, in his mind. Um, and whilst that is, might be a helpful refrain to get us through the day, everything is going to be all right, which, which I do agree with. I think we have a source more powerful than three little birds sitting by our doorstep to tell us that, right? Um, yeah, as someone who loves Jesus and someone who believes the Bible. Uh, I truly and definitively believe that every little thing is going to be all right. Uh, but we have powerful reasons to believe that. And so we're going to dive into God's word to see what our Christian faith has to say into this space of stress and worry and anxiety, right? So remember, we're doing a series called Prepare Him Room. It's a series on habits of grace. Last week, we kicked off with fasting. The week before, we had an overview talking about uh, uh, training in righteousness, training to be more like Jesus. Uh, We're going to look at habits of grace, the spiritual disciplines that help us to train to be like him and to center our lives on Jesus more. And each week, we're going to remove an item from this cluttered room, you'll see a lot of things up there: money box and Leon's old David Letterman suit, some leftover photos from a photo shoot I had a few years back. Um, just, and and we'll slowly remove these as we as we show that they're replaced, being replaced by good habits of grace, spiritual disciplines, if you will. And tonight, we're going to prepare room in our hearts for Jesus this Christmas by seeing that we need to replace this worry in our lives with prayer. Up here, a few items. I've just got a file full of papers and a to-do list. To me, that sort of represents this, this constant worry, right? Constantly being on the go, uh, trying to keep up with things that cause the worry and anxiety in our lives. And so later, we will be removing them. But right now, I'd like you to have your Bibles open in Philippians 4. Uh, we just had verses 6 and 7 read. and uh, oh, Sorry, 3 to 7 read. But I'm just going to reread verses 6 and 7. So please follow along with me. Uh, Paul says this, Ephesians 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's zoom in, verse 7. Right? Verse 7, uh, I'll read that quickly again. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You notice there's not a promise that there's no promise that our our bad situations or bad circumstances will go away. It's not mentioned there at all. It doesn't say if you pray in all situations, God will make everything better and then you'll feel happy. That's not what Paul is telling us here in the verse. Uh, But he's promising a peace in the midst of all our problems. I don't know what your week has been like or your year's been like or or what's going on in your head right now. But the question is often, but how? Honestly, I can't even imagine peace in my current situation, right? Uh, The only way I could see peace is if these problems that I'm experiencing just were removed. There's no other way for me to experience peace unless these just horrible things get out of my life, right? Maybe you feel like that. Peace just does not make sense with what I'm going through. And Paul would say exactly. Peace doesn't make sense. Because as you see in verse 7, he calls it the peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense from a human point of view because it's a supernatural peace. People will look at you and look at the peace that you have and, and not be able to make sense of it. It is beyond their understanding that you could experience peace during the turmoil that you're, you're going through. But it's a piece based on knowledge and trust in God. And then what Paul says next, you may remember that as Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, he's in prison, right? Uh, and and you, can, you can imagine just outside, just think of him in, in his little cell, and just outside is a big burly bloke in armour, right? Preventing people from coming in or out. Preventing Paul from running away, preventing from other, other people from coming in. A guard, right? Uh, and it's interesting, Paul uses this word guard, Uh, uh, that's what Paul likens God's peace to. He says in verse 7 that God's peace will guard our hearts and minds. And so if you picture a centurion walking around the outskirts of a jail, uh, making sure nothing untoward happens, he says that that as a Christian, when we are praying, God's peace is a barrier around us, protecting us, guarding us, uh, stopping us from losing hope. But what's the source of this piece? Well, verse 6 tells us it's just to replace worry with prayer. Replace worry with prayer. Look again in verse 6. Do not be anxious or worried or stressed about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Two things to note: Firstly, he says pray in all situations. In all situations. And... I think I use categories like this pretty regularly when I preach, but when the Bible says all or every, it actually means all or every, right? So all situations, pray in all situations. Uh, It means all the time, constantly, in all things. It doesn't mean in all bad situations or in all situations where you feel like you're out of control or in all situations when you're stressed. It just says all situations, good, bad, somewhere in between, pray, It echoes what he says in 1 Thessalonians and and some of his other letters that we have to pray continually, non-stop. Just keep praying. We live a life of constant prayer. And it's important to note, uh, the peace of God is promised to those who pray in all situations. We can't expect to shoot up an occasional prayer when, when things get tough and then expect a huge outpouring of God's peace upon us because we prayed a magical prayer just at the right time. It may happen. God is very generous and very gracious and will do things sometimes. But this peace that guards our hearts and minds is a peace that comes to those who pray continually, those who live their life in a constant posture of prayer. And that's the first thing to note. The other thing to note here is is the mention of thanksgiving. Paul says that our prayers should be peppered with a number of things, but but one of those is that they should be offered with thanksgiving. Recently you would have noticed that uh, there's been a surge in the art of thankfulness and gratitude in, in the world of pop psychology, right? Uh, to be thankful, to have thankfulness jars and to write thankful memos around the house. Uh, these things are helpful and they work, right? The more you think about the things you have to be thankful for, the, the more upbeat and happy you are, the, the better you'll be able to get through your day. To count your blessings is therapeutic, but as Christians, it's more than just therapeutic. When we count our blessings, it's a rehearsal of God's story. It's a rehearsal of God's faithfulness to his people, to his people as a whole and to you individually. And when you read the Psalms, which are prayers, you see it constantly. Uh, someone in distress and turmoil reciting and revisiting the faithfulness of God in the way he's historically dealt with Israel. And you see them, in many cases, come to a place of peace. And as Christians, we have every reason to be thankful, right? Beyond our current circumstances. Uh, Even when our earthly circumstances tell us otherwise, we know we've been brought into a relationship with God through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're filled with His Spirit. We know that He holds all things in His hands, right? Uh, We do know that every little thing is going to be all right because God is sovereign. God is in control. uh, And He's revealed Himself to us through Jesus in the words of the Bible. And for that, we rejoice and we're thankful and it helps to relieve some of that anxiety and peace uh, when we know that we can be thankful and that we always have something to be thankful for because of the work of Christ. Paul tells, tells us in Philippians, in order to have that, uh, our inner lives guarded by that centurion of God's peace, we need to pray in every situation with thanksgiving. Uh, and the promise is that that habit of, uh, habit of grace we call prayer can replace the clutter of worry in our lives. And so what does it look like to replace worry with prayer? Let's get practical, right? I want to give you a model of prayer uh, that's helped Christians for millennia uh, to understand and connect with God. Uh, You've probably heard of it. Uh, You probably know it. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Can I get you to turn to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And right now, I'm thinking you you might be tempted to switch switch off, right? You could be a bit disappointed because you're probably thinking, thanks, mate, I came here to learn something new. I'm worried and stressed and anxious all the time, and you promised that you'd tell me something that will help me overwhelm that. And and now you're turning me to literally the only passage in the Bible I know off by heart. Uh, And you want to use that to help me overcome my worry. I've known it for years, and I'm still worrying. Thanks, mate. Time to open up Facebook. Um, now, and that's the problem with familiarity. When you are so familiar with something as the Lord's Prayer, we start to, we start to skirt over it and we start to miss uh, the immense power of the prayer. The prayer that Jesus, the Son of God, told his followers to pray, right? And so I want to dive in. I want to dig in. I want you to just, just be patient with me and work with me. We want to look through this prayer line by line to unlock its potential not in a magical way, not about that, but it's potential for us to immerse ourselves in, uh, to understand God more and ease our anxieties. I've been praying this prayer like this uh, over the last few weeks and it's, it's, it's starting to have a real impact in my life and my outlook on things and the way I understand God and other people. And so I want to encourage you, and I'll, I'll say this again at the end, to do the same, right? I'm going to go through it line by line. Line by line, and think about how we can frame our prayers as we do it. This is something that's been done for a long time. Uh, Martin Luther was famous for doing it. He's written heaps about it. Uh, St. Augustine did the same. Uh, I, I, if, I don't know if you've read this book, Timothy Keller's prayer book. It's sick. If you don't have a copy, you can borrow mine as long as you give it back. Um, but go buy it. It just talks about prayer a, a very... A good way. I find it very helpful. Uh, but this idea of going through the Lord's Prayer line by line, understanding what it's saying, and framing that into a prayer for our lives. And so I'm going to do something different tonight. Instead of preaching through this line by line, which you may be stoked about, I'm going to lead us in in some contempl- con- contemplative prayer, right? I can't even say that word properly. That's how Baptist I am. Contemplative prayer. Um, Complaint... can't even say it. Does anyone know how to say it properly? I said it right before. Anyway... <laughs> Contemplative. Thank you, Tom. Of course it was Tom. Um, All right. Uh, What we're going to do is we as a church are going to silently meditate and pray through this prayer line by line. Silently meditate and pray. I'm going to read a line. I'm going to offer... It would be good if you had your Bibles there in front of you. I'm going to read a line. I'm going to offer a brief prayer directive. Then I'm going to leave you to pray... And meditate silently. For about a minute on each line, right? You may like to do it for more than a minute. Uh, Time doesn't permit that. I encourage you to do it for longer at home on your own. And many of you right now are probably freaked out, right? You're like, silence, meditation, quiet, quiet. This is, this is awkward stuff, dude, right? How weird is it when you're at the footy and there's a minute of silence, which has now been replaced by a moment of silence? I don't know if you've noticed. It's because us, as a people, we don't know how to shut up and be quiet, right? And then we wonder why we're so anxious and worried. And so maybe just even in the practice of praying, uh, we're starting to release some of our worry and anxiety. So I ask you to bear with me. I ask you to work through this prayer with me as we pray together silently. I'm going to read read one of the lines from the prayer, offer a brief directive, Then I'm going to ask you to sit quietly for a minute for each to pray through it. Follow along in your Bibles. First line, Our Father in heaven. Before we even ask or confess, we address God. We address God as Father. Father. This is the essence of of our peace I ask you to take time now to meditate on God as the perfect father your provider your protector the one whose loving arms envelop you and give you peace take time to meditate Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to be made holy. Holy means different, set apart, perfect. And so spend some time now meditating on a God who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, who is eternal, beautiful, perfect, trustworthy. So big, yet making himself so small to come down and meet us in our weakness. your kingdom come. God's kingdom is one of peace, holiness, love, justice. Pray for God's kingdom to come in your life and the world around you. your will be done. Now, this is perhaps the hardest part of the prayer. It's submitting completely to God's will, not our own. It's knowing that not all of our prayers will be answered in the way that we ask. It's tough. But we trust in the will and the plan of our perfect Father. Spend time asking God to align your will to His. And take comfort in the fact that this line was prayed directly by Jesus himself as he cried out before his father in the garden the night before he died. Give us today our daily bread. Bring your needs to God. But bring our needs to God. This is spoken in the plural. And so spend time praying for your needs and for the needs of others. Forgive us our debts. Confess your sins to God now. One who promises to forgive through the work of Jesus. And thank him for his forgiveness. as we also have forgiven our debtors. Think about those you need to forgive. Pray for them. Pray that a knowledge of God's forgiveness of you will lead you to forgiveness towards them. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Pray for protection. Pray that you'll be filled with the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Pray that you may resist temptation and flee from evil. Amen. So tonight we have been encouraged to replace worry with prayer. I'm going to remove these items. The things that clutter our lives, that fill our minds, our constant to-do lists, which are all very important and still need to be done, no matter how much we pray, but done with a new perspective of a God who is in control and who gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. And, And as we've looked through this way that Jesus taught us to pray, we see peace. We see peace. Follow it through again. He's our Father. He's holy. He's bringing his kingdom on earth and will one day make all things new. He provides. He forgives. He equips us to forgive. He protects us and leads us away from doing wrong. And so I'm sure anything that's causing you stress or worry or anxiety would fit into one of those categories. And so pray this prayer daily, continually. I encourage you to do it. My challenge for you uh, this week and forever is that you would do that every day. Take time early in the morning, wherever suits you, to pray through this prayer at that pace. Take time to pray through each line one by one to saturate yourself in the goodness of God your Father through this prayer. And then pray it at any other time of day in its entirety, as we often do. Uh, But surround yourself. Saturate yourself. Marinate in this prayer so you can understand the God who brings peace. Doing it once may not bring peace. But when we pray continually in every situation, we we become aware of a Father who loves and provides and protects uh, and his peace. A peace that won't make sense to you or to anyone else. Will act as a guard around us, keeping us from worry. I'm going to ask you to stand now. Uh, I'd like to pray through the Lord's Prayer together, uh, and then we're going to continue to worship. Uh, Just so we're not confused, we all have different versions of it. Let's pray through the one that's in the Bible. Um, I won't put it on my screen, but uh, just, just, just follow along, right? Please stand, and we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together. After we pray the Lord's Prayer, we'll continue to stand as we worship. Uh, during the first song of worship, the offering will come around. Uh, as we respond to God in singing, we'll also respond to God uh, in giving. And if, you are, if you're visiting here tonight, then please, by all means, let the bags pass by. Uh, if you're a member or a part of this church, please consider how you would be giving to the work of God through NBC. Uh, this then, Jesus said, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.